Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. I'm Butch. I'm Jolly Paul. Happy New Year. On this episode, 146, we are reviewing Saltburn. (laughs) We will be doing our top 10 of 2003 and our something to scream about. And our movie from The Vault is going to be a cracker, this one. Brain dead. Dead alive. (laughs) <laughs> how are you doing boys? Brain, dead, brain dead actually describes my christmas <laughs> what, oh my god oh mate right i have been busy trying to finish off 2023 with a bang so i have got a lot of uh cool shit to talk about Go on, then. Um, i'll try and squeeze it all in so i for some reason I, I sat there and watched a one hour photo which i'd never seen before with robin williams oh it's really um, good yeah, really, really enjoyed that one. So, yeah, that started off my little uh, review. Then I sat down and I watched a... I don't know, Paul put a trailer up a while ago. Um, Project Wolf Hunting, a Korean super horror movie. Fucking blood, gore. It's like Raid meets Resident Evil on a boat. Fucking hell. There was so much blood and gore. It was absolutely incredible didn't have the sort of trauma of like say sadness but it had the dismemberment (laughs) (laughs) well there's loads of dismemberment in the trailer (laughs) yeah it's fucking nuts man um i got around to watch um, i paid 1.99 and watched the wrath of becky the sequel to becky which we really did enjoy i fucking and again it has sean william scott in it um and honestly it's so good fun like the first one, she's a bit older though in this time, and she it's much more sort of I would say actiony. It more get, we're more leaning into John Wick territory, I would say, rather than the sort of horror the horror that we had for the first one. But again, the kills and the daftness of it is fucking fantastic. Really got on with it. She's great. And there, and spoilers, there may be a sequel. <laughs> um, I watched Dark Harvest. Don't know if you remember that bad boy. I think that was a come out of fright fest it's on shutter or amazon prime i can't remember which one but so much fun it's sort of like pumpkin head it's set at halloween and it's just like teenagers are being sacrificed for uh, like the good of the harvest basically and it's good fun and it's got good gore and good kills i watched it because it was in someone's top 10 uh kills of the year and i could and, and honestly it was it was fucking lovely lovely little lovely little movie um i caught the mist i thought i'd uh sit down with, with my wife and watch the mist with old tom jane uh, good movie what did she think she liked it she, she like really like really got on with it and that bit at the end again <sighs> oh yeah i like that i finished sacrifice game i got to the second half of that and yeah it ended all right bit of a bit of a twisty twist and good few kills i just i think i still think like the first 15 seconds of the movie was probably the best element of it all so yeah it's cracking and matt went and watched godzilla minus one and then came out and just said wow so i was like oh fuck's sake <laughs> i had to squeeze that in into cinema and uh, that has become my film of the years it's 10 out of 10 it's got some absolute um horror notes to it and it's it's really really pulls at your heartstrings at the same time. The monster Godzilla is an absolute prick in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sort of got that B movie charm to it. So I, I've been busy. 
Um, and I caught Hell House LLC Origins, the Carmichael Manor. So I've watched that as well. And yeah, just wanted to pee myself. So <laughs> sat there alone with the lights out. Not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that film uh, later, maybe. Um, okay, that's me. Jordy Paul. What about well, you? Then, well, I didn't really watch much, guys. Uh, all I watched was the last episodes of The Fall of the House of Usher, which Ooh, it's up there for one of the best TV show I've seen all year. So, um, yeah, the Raven episode is just fucking nuts, isn't it? It's just incredible. It's just incredible. I mean, like after the sort of I, I didn't really watch um, what he did before, whatever that one Mike Flanagan series about the kids in the school. I didn't oh, watch I it. Just... So sort of midnight, the midnight so. club. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, after Midnight Mass and now uh, this, it's just given more stuff. Brilliant. Yeah, really good. And that was it, really. So I didn't really have much time to do anything else. All right, Matt. Yeah, I, I haven't done loads, but I did obviously see Godzilla, which I was absolutely blown away. But I haven't heard a bad thing about it. But it is creepy for a 12. It is fucking creepy. Uh, but, yeah, definitely go and watch that one if you can. There's yeah. a scene in it, Matt, that just, like your fucking left just like absolutely just it just punches you in the face yeah how they got that sequence for the amount of money that they had it was fucking what yeah it was fucking cool um all go and see that one um but yeah so that's cool but we got shit loads to get on with um i got we got a bit of news we got time for a little bit of news haven't we go for it yeah well did anyone see the first omen trailer me no oh. i haven't oh it's a dream i am yeah. honestly excited for this it's one. gonna be terrible like I don't know yeah, it's, I, as i was just about to say it's setting us up for the first disappointment in the new year <laughs> <laughs> but i agree with you butch the trailer is done brilliantly doesn't give yeah. anything away snippets of stuff and very very creepy but yeah and the cast um, is like all all star right yeah you know so who's who so that's quite interesting i'm looking forward to that um what else i got um steamboat willie that's all over the fucking news in the moment mickey mouse or whatever something just became in the domain like we had what we were talking about winnie the pooh last year weren't we well this year it's steamboat willie and there's a couple of horror movies that have been announced off the back Uh, one called mickey mouse mickey mouse trap it looks like winnie the pooh blood and honey or whatever the fuck it was called very much you know, someone puts a fucking mask on that looks like Steamboat Willie and goes around stabby, stabby, stab. So, I don't know. I'm sure it'd be low budget and fun. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why someone doesn't pick up and do an animated horror film, though. Well, we're going to do this um, in a couple of weeks, I think a couple of episodes time, because there's a couple of others that have gone into the public domain that we haven't really heard about. Um, I think there was a Cinderella one. Um, which is called, oh, I can't remember what that was called, but it's Peter Pan, Nightmare Bambi. Island. Bambi. And Bambi one. Yeah, there's a couple of odd ones that have come out and they've done a, you know, somebody's just jumped on it and just boshed something together. So, yeah, I've got a list of uh, movies that are out this year, but what I think I'll do is because we've got such a bumper-packed episode, next episode we will dedicate a bit of time to go through this year. That's the list of disappointment. I mean, what we're looking forward to. So, yeah, we'll do that next time. Um, one more bit of news. Suitable Flesh, 25th of January on Shudder. Oh, wicked. Enjoy. Get your hankies out. 
Get your Kleenex out. You and me. Anyone else got any news? No, well, I just heard a, a little bit about Maxine. Apparently, it's it's like um, getting some good buzz around it, and apparently, it's like wow, Dario and Jono. So we shall see. I'm excited. Yeah. Go on, Paul Stevens. Let me let let it rip. What you got? So lads, this isn't really news. It's a bit of a a, a, a story or a tale I heard, and it's it sort of it, it's very relevant for the podcast. So uh, just I'll I'll condense it down. So uh, basically, uh, a neighbour of ours in Ireland, which means a bloke that lives like half an hour away, but um, unfortunately, um, unfortunately passed away just before Christmas, right? Oh, and obviously, I I, I, I've never met them or know anything about this family, but my family were just talking, and it's quite indicative of Ireland how they just sort of drop shit into conversations and then just move on. So I'm sat there, and literally they're talking about his family. I say, oh, yeah, you know, uh, they're, they're at mass every Sunday, the family, really religious. And then all of a sudden someone just goes, yeah, but that's only after the exorcism, right? And my ears obviously straight away pricked up and went, what the fuck are you talking about? An exorcism? Are you taking the piss? So anyway, apparently, right, about 20 years ago, um, the family, their whole family, and a little lad that lived down the road, decided it'd be hilarious to do a Ouija board. And... The, basically, the lad of the family, while they were doing this Ouija board, now, again, you can believe it as much as you want or not, but the, um, the lad got thrown across the room, pinned up against the wall, and choked unconscious, right, by whatever, right? And, um, yeah, the uh, the little lad that lived opposite um, ran out of the house screaming and, like, wet himself and stuff. And then they had to get a priest in to exercise the house. And that lad, or the lad, he's still, they still live in that house. And uh, that lad was so terrified. Because like, I was a bit like, well, well, that lad was so terrified. He slept with his mum and dad till he was in his mid-twenties. And his name is Paul Stevens. <laughs> yeah, and I'm here tonight, <laughs> folks, to say, hey, Rockmar. No, but um, yeah. <laughs> Literally, I was like, "What the fuck?" So it's just like, so round round over way, there's been exorcisms. <laughs> Fucking ace. I mean, so I did say to my wife, "Do you reckon you'll come on the pod?" <laughs> All I'm she saying went, is, you better be careful what you're building your house on. Well, that's it. Yeah, mate. Honestly, raped by a tree. If you can get him <laughs> on the pod, you can get him on the podcast. I'm not even joking. That, that's a different fucking kettle of fish for us. I was kind of um so to be honest, there's like our the, the priest that married us to be honest, um he like I we were talking He was the one that did the exorcism. Yeah, no, he that. wasn't, but oh, right damn it. I found out that he's actually been to the Vatican and into the Vatican vaults. Where if you don't know anything about the Vatican vaults, there's a lot of shit down there. So I'm actually gonna speak to him and see if he wants to do anything and give Fuck us a bit it. of Yeah, man, we could be talking to some so, real mate, he ain't gonna yeah. be allowed. Well, he's quite, he's quite cool, but we'll see. I was going to talk to him and see, but uh, yeah, but that's like a real life sort of demon story from around he'll probably chuck He'll probably <laughs> chuck you out of the church, mate, and you'll be like, wronged. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like that. Very, very cool. Oh, eerie. Use that. We could, that could be our new like side project podcast, you know, the fucking exorcism of Paddy McShaw from down the road or whatever. <laughs> How did, did you know his name? <laughs> Other names from Ireland are welcome. <laughs> oh, shit. Fucking hell. Are we going to top that? Well, 
Matt, you got any news? No, mate, nothing. Well, let's just fucking let's just rock and roll. Get on to uh, talking about our main review. Our main review this week. It's not technically an out-and-out horror, but it's something we've got to talk about. It's the elephant in the room that is Saltburn. A student at Oxford University finds himself drawn into the world of a charming and aristocratic classmate who invites him to his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. Saltburn. I don't want to talk about this, but I was against talking about this, so I'm just going to say that right now. I'm not at all. Then you should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But let's not, you know, I don't know. There's some bits in it that I've joined in. So basically, uh, if you haven't seen this movie, go and watch it and then come back and listen, because we're going to spoil the fuck out of this. There's no way around it. Yeah. We're going to be talking about plot, set pieces, shit that happens, crazy shit that happens, because we have to talk about it. I mean, Barry Keegan, fuck me, he just gets, keeps getting better and better, doesn't he? Every time I watch it's him, like I love like a fine wine. I just think he's brilliant. I, I, I go back and watch uh, Eternals because he is in it. I love watching him in <laughs> well, that. You've got to give yourself some, you know, delights in life, haven't you? <laughs> this he typecast, though, is a bit of a weirdo, isn't he? <laughs> mm. well, that's, uh, yeah, but he, yeah, I, 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 he, but he does, does it very well. Very well. Um, so yeah, my last year started off what, with him as a little bit in that Banshees of Inisherin. Same. And, and this is obviously in that year that he is now propping up this movie. This is his movie. Oh my fucking word! He's a, a little weirdo, really intelligent writer. That he's going. He's he's in a class for like t- with two people, and there's a load of you know arsehole people around him with lots of money that we don't really get the feel that he's wants to be a part of that. He just accidentally goes into that world, but he fucking wants it. Doesn't he? he there's, there's an element mm. of it that he wants it. And he, there's a real level of, of creepiness to him that just don't know. It comes out of nowhere. See, I didn't, I didn't feel that the creepiness at the start for me. I felt, I felt like I was on his side because he's going into this world that he's, properly not part of and you get that from the from the get-go with the way he's dressed and the way he acts and how he comes across he's not from that world so you know he's not from a, a wealthy world he's there at oxford and he is the outsider and and i felt like i quite liked him i felt sorry for him at the start yeah no i i, I will agree with you to a point there was a point and a good, you know, oh, yeah, maybe a good three quarters of an hour before something started to kind of unravel. It's a oh, while. Yeah. That was the great trick of it, though. It just it sort of set you into this rhythm where you didn't really know you were waiting for something to happen, and it sort of kept you going and going and going. I mean, we were, I watched it with the missus, and she was like, "Why are you doing this on the podcast?" Because at the start, it's just like a friendship movie, and she was like, "What the hell?" Mm. And I was like, "It's gonna take a turn at some point. I know it is." Um, but yeah, I, I just want to go back right at the start. I really liked his first sort of friend he got, the crazy maths guy. You know who he was, right? You know who that guy was? Because I had to look no. him up. No. He's from House of the Dragon. 
He's the blonde oh, haired. Of course he is. The, the main crazy right one. <laughs> I was like, wow. I know him from somewhere. I was like, I don't oh, know yeah, what it is. With his chin and stuff, yeah. Hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, well, I mean, he was brilliant. Ask me a fucking question. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> yes, get in. <laughs> but it did, I, love- I think it did a great job of. of yeah, like Paul, you knew there was something a bit weird, but you just thought it was because he was lonely or he was just a bit out of an outsider and just needed some help. And I yeah. suppose I thought that what was going to happen then was he would transform into this different person through the influence of other people. Because it's but, real innocent in terms of the happenstance meeting. It was really like, oh, he's and re- you think, oh my god, he's this guy's got a punch and he just wants to help him, and that and and, and he does, and he and he still gets kind of walked over even in that situation. Um, and then you know, and he's this this guy. I didn't mind the aristocrat, you know, the, the the I can't remember what his name is now. James Elordi. Yes. Was, yeah. In the, he, in, Felix. He, Felix. He he was nice. He was sort of like, okay, I'm gonna kind of take him under my wing. I don't really care that my mates think he's a bit weird. Um, he fucking got me out of a scrape, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I did. I kind of like that element of it. <laughs> And, you know, well, it was that underlying like tension between them two as well. Like, mm. let's get out of the way. There was some sort of sexual sort of undertone with their entire relationship. Yeah, never... I mean, yeah, but we're talking 2006 here. This is when it's set, which I thought they did a fucking absolutely sterling job of representing 2006 with, with six with the with the music and what they were wearing. I expect the soundtrack like to do well. Yeah, yeah, I just. Thought that was great. I thought it was, thought it was really, really, really good touch. Then we get to Saltburn. Hmm. So obviously <laughs> Oliver, which is Barry Keoghan's character, is invited for the summer to come back and stay in one of the wealthiest manors of all time. By the Why is he invited? Because his dad has died and his crackhead of a mother he doesn't want to go back to. Hmm. Oh, let's talk about the bath. You just want to get straight on it, do you? I can't. Well, before I... the bath, let's talk about Rosamund Pike and G- uh, Richard E. Grant, because his yeah. mother and father are fucking brilliant in this. They are absolutely batshit crazy on different ends of the spectrum, but it's brilliant. It's, it's that world where you've been given a you've been given a silver spoon in your mouth, and you don't really see the outside of it. Um, so you just speak whatever's in your mind because it doesn't really matter to where them. And, it, and it, it, the performances was was were fantastic. Basically, Rosamund, <clears throat> Rosamund Pike, right? Apparently, I heard on a podcast that she literally stayed in Saltburn for like three weeks, and it kind of sent her a bit crazy because she was like, "I literally did nothing," and, and like you just miss little things like going to the post office and stuff like that. But she did it to to kind of like get into the character of of, of who she was playing, which which totally shows because jesus like brilliant but he really encapsulates and he starts becoming he start oliver is embraced you know even though he's like the run and there's another one as well who's on his class and he was sort of like already take there taken under the wing and he's 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 not manipulating himself into it clearly but he kind of there's some like little bits and stuff that make you go is trying to push people out or is he just, is he just a likable guy because they just kind of they just um, they just get on with him and there's, an, there's a couple of where 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 for alls isn't there there's a another hanger on as well from like the mum yeah she is great it's just a small, that small cameo fantastic 
But, you know, it's sort of like, it's almost like everyone gets to take someone under their wing. <laughs> you know, we're going to we're going to have our little reach out people. It's like having pets, isn't it? That's it. It's just having something to do. Like like what Matt said, there's nothing to do. So we'll get people in and we'll, we'll, we'll they'll keep us occupied. You know, we'll throw a birthday party for someone we don't even know, but we'll bring like 300 people. It's, it's yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's so much time and money on your hands that. And yeah, and I suppose the, the grandeur of it all is the horror of it all because you're kind of stuck and you're isolated. And, you know, how do you, what would you do in that situation when you've got like lots of people who don't really give a fuck about you and clear and just sort of play with you emotions? It's like, how does he get on with it? Um, and it was having that? complete infatuation with 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 something. I mean, I really wanted to throw up. I really wanted to throw up. I think it's just disgusting. I can't get over it. I mean, I don't understand it. Like, let's talk about the bath. Somebody else. Well, <laughs> I'll say it then. So Felix <laughs> is having a fucking old wank in the bath, and uh, Ollie's like peering around the corner. Because he's infatuated with him, he's just you know like a voyeur watching him. And then uh, as the bath's draining out, Felix says good night. And I was like, why are they hanging? Why is the camera hanging around here? And then it's the closest close-up of the plug hole. And then Oliver just <laughs> slurps up the milky residued water going down the plug hole. I mean doesn't stop there though does he he just keeps going and keeps slurping <laughs> and then then he literally tongues like and all around all all rim jobs the basically the plug hole which i i don't know if, if, am i wrong but i was laughing i was i was no, i was near thrown up i really? thought it made me feel and maybe that was the great the greatness of this movie but it made me feel so uncomfortable and like mm. And but do you, not, do you not think though well, this is the point where you're like this is the point it's like right this guy's a wrong one yeah i mean I, I i just looked at my wife and hoped that she wouldn't turn to me and say i want you to stop doing the podcast please <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was it was the start to go well right this isn't this guy's fucking is this scene before or after before before with his sister <laughs> you what you were gonna go do next <laughs> well let's move on to the horror of it all because that, that's what i want to discuss i mean you've got slurpy slurpson which took me a couple of days to kind of get over i'm not gonna lie it was just it was it, it hung with me that scene um but the 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 sister as Venetia. well yeah yes you've already got it set up that she's pretty much like a bit of a slut <laughs> so every well, every time they I, get somebody I don't, I, don't, I don't think she's no she's not a slut she's a masochist yeah they, well they, yeah all right they, well, they, they sort sort of say that straight away she's obviously weak she yeah. loves collecting her, her trophies she from the get-go when he arrives she's got her eye on him straight away and she already she had a boyfriend there the last person they brought home who disappeared um and then obviously she's got eating disorders she she makes herself sick and yeah mm. and so, she's yeah. she's on it's that time of the month so <laughs> that's always worth that's worth noting but it's okay um, because he's a vampire yeah isn't he just i mean yeah that seems uh, what, I mean, what a great 
what a great metaphor for the film. Sucking the life out of them. <laughs> I mean, he is a vampire in a way. Yeah. I think there's more to that scene than we obviously watched. I mean, yeah, it's disgusting and, you know, it's out there, but it, it, it just, the, clearly the scene is there because he's saying, I don't care about how you feel. I'm going to make you feel great and make you feel wanted and make you. And this is why Oliver is so clever. He's so devious. He's so clever. He notices the tiniest little things and he's like one by one. He's getting them on side. So Venetia, he's controlling her. He's telling her, you know, you, you tomorrow morning, you're going to eat your breakfast and you're not going to throw up. Um, I think you're great. I think you're beautiful. And I don't care that you're, you know, it's your time of the month. It's, your body is amazing. I'm going to like do what I want. Um, yeah, he's sort so of, ingra- of, he is. He's, he's really ingratiated himself. He's sort of discovering what it takes to be that level. I suppose he's and, he, yeah. and he, he can, and he's got and you kind of kind of feel what's his motive then his, his motives us there's there's some kind of motivation. But he's and like he, he's like it he's he's like it with Alspeth as well though. Is yeah. like it's that one tiny scene where he's like, oh you know, Venetia must find it hard with a mother like you, and she's like, what do you mean? She goes, oh, because you're fucking beautiful, and straight away you see the look on her face of of like, oh you know, oh that's flattering, but then it's kind of the the look of like I'm confused. But then he's like, oh, he knows what Elspeth likes and she likes gossip. So that's how he's going to win her over. Again, he's won her over. He's not stupid, is he? You know? Yeah. And then, it, you know, then it starts unraveling, I suppose. And I just, it, I thought his infatuation with, it was all about his infatuation with Felix. But it wasn't, was it? There was more it to wasn't. it than that. It set you up so well from the start. It set you up because obviously it's, he's doing a bit of a voiceover at the start and getting interviewed, you think? And I was like, for sure, he's in a cop station. <laughs> yeah. He's literally, he's, yeah. Um, he's slowly trying to become an aristocrat, I suppose, in his own right. But he gets found out. This is the other thing that's weird. He gets found out a little bit. You know, a little bit. <laughs> you know, is is Felix knows that he's lying. Right. This is when it, you know, I can't. I don't know if he has to push his plans forward, but you know, he takes a moment to his mum and dad. Who, surprise, surprise, his dad's still alive, obviously, and he's he's from a quite a middle Felix class. Doesn't know this though. Yeah. Until they he's, until they get there, but which is really cringy. It's so nah, cringy. That it part. really is, and he's from a middle class home. Like it's yeah. kind of a I put you know four-story detached or something like the that. Nicest little mum and the nicest dad, two sisters. <laughs> it's like oh fuck. Absolutely found out, mate. Yeah, bullshit. But the great thing is, you are watching a go and you've been found out. Ha ha, you are a weirdo. When actually, you haven't got a clue what's happening. I still couldn't feel, I still felt a little bit of sorriness for him, though. Yeah. I, I just felt, because, he, you know, you do take a journey with him where he's accepted and, you know, he's having the greatest summer and they're doing all this cool stuff and he's now finally accepted. He's even changing his way of way he dresses and his hairstyle and and then he just gets found out and you feel he's so so scared so scared well we feel that he's scared but i don't know if he actually is and it's part of his manipulation the whole thing is his manipulation paul so the whole getting found out is his plan yeah because he needs he needs it to unravel he needs things to happen and i suppose there is a bit of that like testing 
I suppose, testing him and Felix's relationship. Because I think if Felix just takes that on board and accepts him and stays with them, but actually rejects him. And when people when they start rejecting him, and when it does start to unravel, that's when the shit goes down. Yeah, don't fucking reject him because you'll not wake up in the morning. <laughs> and then let's not forget, like, so much of this film is shot fucking so beautifully. Like, there's loads of one shots. There's fucking, like, the party that we're just about to talk about. You, you know, fucking colours, um, the cinematography. It's fucking absolutely amazing. I just was yeah. blown away by all the colours and the, the the amount of times you see red and stuff. And and well, yeah, it's just, gonna I, win some thing big. I re- like, like if it probably, doesn't get Oscars or nominated, I'll be fucking so surprised. Definitely some Baftas. I can see some Baftas adding its way. But you're right; it may it should have a bit of uh, Oscar Oscar love as well. Um, but whether it's too big, I don't know. It's like it's a big movie with some with some really sort of questionable moments for us to sort of sort of unravel i suppose i mean another one is when when he's spoilers he's done away with felix in in without anyone knowing and he's fucking has a good old uh tug on top of his grave doesn't oh, he? basically fucks the grave for you i thought he at one stage i thought he dug him up <laughs> <laughs> shall i tell you something about this scene okay this is crazy completely and utterly improvised fucking hell so he just basically wasn't supposed to take his clothes off he wasn't supposed to fuck the grave literally all he was supposed to do is cry and then like break down but they just was rolled they rolled and rolled and kept rolling and that is what came out of it and that's just what like blew me away i was like oh fuck method acting fuck me well, he's not typecast as a little weirdo. He is a little weirdo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking hats off to the bloke, mate. He's got some fucking, I was going to say, he's got some kahunas and, yeah. Well, we yes. see that later. <laughs> Definitely. Um, the bit that's really creepy is, like, obviously, when he's been asked to sort of uh, leave Saltburn. And I think, is he given a payout? Yeah. yeah so, payout. basically, so, basically... This is this it's obviously goes crazy. Felix is dead. Um, you know, we haven't even spoke about Farley, which is the kind of like estranged kind of um family member that's living on off of them. Um which is he's brilliant, I thought, the guy that plays um yeah. Farley. I thought he's really good. But then yeah, then then we get to the point where obviously Felix been has been offed and um and then there's, which is a, another fantastic scene with Venetia in the bath. I, like that scene is just fucking amazing where she has her own little monologue. And, you know, does does she kill herself or does he do it? It's alluded to he leaves the razor blades. You make your own mind up. Yeah. But yeah, then, then he's basically claiming that he's staying for Elspeth's health. And that's where Richard E. Grant steps in and says, right, how much? And we don't find out how, how much. No, we don't. It must be a lot, though. <laughs> it must have been a lot because if he finds himself in a really nice flat with absolutely amazing art in the background, living in one of the poshest places in London, it looks like. So um, he must have took millions. It's not, hap- it's not happenstance that he's at this little coffee shop. Hmm. And because he knows she's in, all, she's moved back. Because obviously he's reading the paper that the Richard E. Grant's dead. 
Sir James. Um, and he knows that she's about because they've got a flat so nearby. So I think it's probably you, you alluded to that he sits there waiting for her to come in. So this next bit where he sort of goes back to Saltburn and her health is deteriorating. Is that him that's pushed that on? I think Again. he's probably poisoned her or something like that. Well, that's that little line, isn't it? He says, who knew your health would deteriorate so quickly? And it's like, oh, you, you mm. bastard. <laughs> so he's obviously done. Yeah, poison's obviously his uh, modus operandi. Ooh, hey. But um, yeah, so I think he's like drip fed a poison over the time and it's just caused the body to shut down. So like, she's basically basically on life support machine and again this is crazy because i've seen i've since i've done some searches on this and like rosman pike was talking about that whole scene where she's led in the bed and she didn't know what barry keoghan was going to do so she was a little bit worried because she was like oh what is he doing because she said he, he got straddled over her which was not scripted and when he you know he pulls the sheet off really fast like really abrupt and she goes oh my god what's he gonna do and she was like you can't do anything to me because he's not signed any proper paperwork and there's no consent thing so she was like but i was really worried what was gonna happen oh, oh, Jesus. Fuck. it's murder on the dance floor <laughs> wow that's, that's crazy man. he should win he's got an oscar possibility then any if he's been I... this, into this role and like got into it and it is so sellable um <sighs> I think really? he'll be battling for the Oscar. To be honest, I, th- yeah. I, d- I genuinely do. If this if this can't get you an Oscar nomination or a win, it's then you're doing something wrong. Like, but yeah, I think it, I think this will definitely probably surprise people at the awards ceremonies. I think. Yeah. You, I mean, Paul, you're right about Baftas, man. That that is a that is an indication of what will happen at Oscars. So we'll see. Yeah, but that again, we're joking about Sophie Ellis Baxter, but <laughs> the fucking <laughs> wonderful scene at the end of him. Uh, dancing like, and this is the tra- complete transformation. We get obviously the um, uh, flashback to his journey to the point, and it's fucking. You're like, wow, you bastard! And it's the just, reveal, right? Fucking, I didn't think it was going to go that far back. Nah, me, me neither. Me neither. And and you get to understand how you know deviating, devious this guy <laughs> is, and and um, manipulative. It's it, yeah. it, he's a puppet master, and it's like. He transforms from this fucking shy bloke to just like, I fucking own this. And he proves that with this incredible like dance routine through the, the house in the n- complete nudie, um, which is him <laughs> in all, out. all his glory dancing like a lunatic. Yeah. Fantastic. There's a, there's a couple of bits I just want to talk about, actually, like just to go back to just some not really Matt's facts, but some interesting things about the movie. So do you know when they're around, they're all the whole family around the table eating um, breakfast and they're talking about like the fact of um, somebody has seen somebody who is dead and, and then they realized that they weren't, they saw a ghost and there was someone in the background and it was a ghost. If you look really closely when they're at the dinner table, um, outside the window even though felix is in the room having breakfast he walks past the window like foreshadowing that he's he's literally going to meet his death which was fucking crazy i thought like because you can blatantly see it's him because he's wearing like a a pink shirt and he walks past the window and obviously when he dies he gets taken past the windows again when they're trying to shut the curtains which was fucking 
absolutely hilarious that part and i shout out to duncan the uh, butler what the oh, fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that was the only thing I, was, I thought that was weird did you not because duncan there's a scene where they're trying to look for felix's body because no one can find him and there's a scene where like oliver comes into the kind of main room and duncan just st- stands there really still and looks at him and it's almost like oh does duncan know what he's up to i feel like there's something like there was a scene missing between duncan because you know when they are at the coffee shop and he, sa- he says oh is duncan still at the salt burn she's oh yeah he's still there they don't really breach the fact of Duncan because Duncan, I think Duncan knows what he's up to. I don't know why. I just get a feeling that there's something it, missing out. Yeah, yeah, he would, he would, because that's a, you know, he's the, he's the main dude, really. Mm. You should know. But there's like other little things, like foreshadowing kind of things, where, you know, where they're eating pie around the table. Um, Alspeth slightly chokes on a bit of pie, foreshadowing her death by being like. Pulled out of her throat, and then and then the sister Venetia pouring all the red wine in the cup with the with the wine coming over, like foreshadowing the fact that she's gonna cut her wrists and blood's wow. gonna go everywhere. It's just fucking for me. I was just finding out all these little touches was just fucking crazy. I just yeah, I thought it was fu- fucking fantastic. Um, but yeah, awesome. Well, it's been an interesting conversation, certainly, and it was a fucking fantastic movie. Um, still not completely convinced of it being it's a discussion a psych- point for them for us, but you know, it's a psychological horror film, Paul. It is. Yeah. All right. Manip- manipulation and you know psychologically destroying people and like you know yeah, I definitely think it's definitely in there. It hasn't got a massive shark eating people, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you rate this then, bad boy? Go on, you go first, Paul Stevens. Uh, do you know what, right? I so want to give it a 10, but I don't know why. I don't know. Oh, fuck it. No, I'm going to give it a 10. I, I thought it was fucking brilliant. I did. 10. <laughs> Go on, Butch. It's a 9 for me, but you're right. It, I, I, there's, I'm struggling not to give it a 10. But I'm going to give it a nine. You do what I can see underneath. You want to give it a ten, but you just won't give in. No, I think you need to watch he, it again. He keeps, he keeps thinking of the plug hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that knocks it down a point. That's it. That point's <laughs> been washed down the cum stained plug hole. <laughs> wow. I, <laughs> mate, I just like. I think it's, it's just like bold, provocative, fucking thought provoking. Uh, it's got everybody talking about it. It's I've never seen so much buzz over a movie on TikTok. Um, I made uh, our friends Kevin and Luann watch it when I went down for New Year. I was like, we got to watch it. We watched it. And it's fucking even more fun watching her reaction to watching the film because it's just fucking hilarious. Um, and trying to figure out, what, what's he doing? What? Why is he doing that? What? What the fuck? <laughs> I just thought it was brilliant. Um, i got to give it a, a 10 out of 10 because I felt... Like, I feel like this movie is going to be a cult movie. I felt like when I watched this, I felt like when I watched like things like With Nell and I and Train Spotting and even to things like Cruel Intentions and stuff like that, I just literally I got those feelings for it. And I thought it's so different and so out there. And I don't know if I'm I'm a bit wrong in the head for giving it 10 out of 10 because I fucking loved it. I want to own it. 
you know, I want I want to see everything about it, and I just fucking can't wait. What's what's next from the director? Because she she was the one that did Promising Young Woman, right? Really? Um, that was fucking great. Yeah. And Karen Mulligan again with that. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So I can't fucking wait. I mean, and also, it's um from Margot Robbie's production company, Ooh. which is insane. Um, I just yeah, I can't see. Uh, yeah, it's it's just all round ten out of ten. I was like. I fucking probably put it my number one movie of 2023 for me. I just the way it made me feel, and it was just I did not take my eyes off it. So I'm glad we're talking about it though. So there we go. Fucking draw one last breath. Ten out of ten to start 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell! There we go. Can only get better. Um. Okay. Saltburn. Next movie we will be reviewing for the podcast will be Night Swim. So expect Ooh. great things from that. <laughs> I will eat my salt burn if that gets a 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on then. Let's get on to our summer screen about and our top 10 of the year. So, as has become a custom now, at the end of every year, we run down our favourite horror films from the past year. Um, this year is slightly different. We didn't have the the beast that is Fright Fest to give us about 20 more films to choose from. So, it's been uh, a, a strange year for cinema. There's been some absolute gems. Um, and then, but there's been quite a lot, I'm sure the lads will agree, quite a lot of big disappointments as well. Um, most notably from the big studios shame on you with all the money um, but there have been some really really good films as well so uh, we'll kick it off anyway so number 10 coming in at number 10 it is Eli Roth's Thanksgiving obviously started off as a grindhouse trailer and it's taken a lot a lot of years <laughs> let's be honest to get it into its form um, and we we sort of read this a few a couple of months ago, was it? A few episodes ago, and sort of widely disagreed on it. But uh, yeah, there you go. It's made it in the top ten. Paul, why is it number ten? <laughs> Mainly because of the kills in it, I think. I mean, we know that it didn't live up to the expectation of um, uh, the trailer original, but or it could have been so much more um, grittier. But they did what it said on the tin because you know we had talked about it in there and it, the fact that. They, they, everything's built for a fucking franchise now and it got a sequel it made fucking buttload of money so there you go it sort of got on that train um and it was a nice holiday mo- horror movie and the fucking kills some of the kills were fucking devastatingly good um and made me laugh like out loud especially like i don't know the the woman <laughs> the fucking poor cafe lady um you know getting run over and her, her body half her body ended up on the top of the on top of the shop i thought that was fucking great so, was very very good the way it was done yeah and again the, you know the the nods to the trailer with the with the cheerleader on the on the trampoline and um the fucking thanksgiving scene itself with which they, which i thought worked out quite well like her putting roasting her in a an open fire and big bit a good bit of cat and mouse so yeah it's good and there you know there'll be another one next year <laughs> <laughs> Let us give thanks. <laughs> Matt? Yeah, Eli, Eli Roth done well. I mean, he's he's got a sequel out of it. Um, it's, it's a great little movie. It's fun. 
uh, the mask looks great as well. So hats off to him. Number 10. So in at number nine, din, 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 was a little film that we went to on Disney Plus called No One Will Save You. So this one was an interesting one. Um, literally no words were said in hardly any of the movie. I think there's like one word, which in itself is pretty fucking cool. But um, not so horror, more aliens. But still, what a movie. It, it, it blew me away. I just thought it looked brilliant. The effects were great. You know, um, the actors were really good since so they didn't even speak, which is, you know, having to emote with all your kind of like feelings. and. Caitlin Devler again, uh, isn't it? Who's fucking just absolutely smashing it. Sorry, say that again? Caitlin Dever. What's she from, in? From Booksmart. Oh, that's it. I love Booksmart. Don't sick. And she's probably going to be grown up um, Ellie in the next Last of Us sort of season. That looks to be the tip for there. She's just incredible. She sells this movie. Mm, definitely. Um, yeah, I hope mentioned that there's no speech. You know, I thought that was brilliant. Just it, it added to the sense of sort of isolation and the sort of like you've got no what's the point in talking because you've got to be quiet because they can't find you and there's no point just screaming for the hell of it because no one will hear you. So I just thought it was great. And I, I thought the alien design was really, really good considering it was just based on the basic great alien, but they just switched up with the little toes and the feet and the, the different ones. And I just thought they were, they were really good. So yeah. Cool. And the house fucking battered. <laughs> yeah. It was a really good cat and mouse. Moving on to number eight, which is insidious. The red door. Um, starring Patrick Wilson again. This is uh, this is the only franchise movie that we've put in here uh, in the top ten. I think so. Um, and this what the fifth one. It was just I think me and Matt really got on with this more, maybe more than Paul. But I think you guys have a lot of affection for this whole Conjuring universe, whereas I uh, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I suppose, but yeah, you definitely you definitely like this more than more you, than I did. You you say that, but I've been pretty. I haven't been up on that many of the movies coming out of that universe for a while. But this yeah, one for me, it just uh, it it actually did scare me in some scenes and. I think it was interesting. It's just an interesting little story, considering this is like, you know, what the third, the third, or oh, the fifth of this. There's like two kind of direct sequels, and then like there's a couple of others in the middle. Yeah, because I've seen those. Yeah, so this is kind of like the third instalment of that sort of Patrick Wilson scenario. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, was what these franchises do, and it goes back, and it worked with this one for me. And everything that I kind of disliked from the first one, which was not a lot, it was kind of like mostly good, and even it just got a bit silly the first one, didn't it? Yeah, but this one just like sold me, and it was just again, I, I felt really on edge watching this bad boy. So that's definitely why it's made it in here. Standout scene, lads, is the the brain monitor, the CT scan. Oh Cat- yes, oh that's creepy. What that was that was very impressive, and the and the guy uh, progressively coming up his lawn <laughs> and bursting through the window. That was uh, yeah, the paper bits on the window that you kept putting down and count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was so, good. Yeah, that def- was def- definitely standout moments in it, but yeah, 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 from episode 134. This one, basically, this was 134's best episode of the year because it included uh, Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle and Death. 
So <laughs> thanks, Colm. <laughs> <laughs> right. So coming in at number seven, it is uh, the one and only. Knock at the cabin. Some free sound effects for you there. Um, so this is uh, the latest from M. Night Shyamalan. Um, I, I can't say his name right, but, but I'm sure Butcher can. Shyamalan. Uh, Shyamalan. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, based on the book, uh, The Cabin at the End of the World, um, I, I think it's probably fair to say we didn't really expect a ton of this, a ton from this film. Um, I mean, I love M. Night as a director from his early stuff but he has done a lot of duds as well so um but i was quite looking forward to this and um for me what really made this film and i never expected to say this is the central performance from dave batista which well, i just thought was incredible i mean i know we've seen him act as drax for a while and we've seen him do some random shitty action films and stuff but this i thought he was brilliant in it i really really did and did it like this hulking presence with this really soft and gentle side but then just murdering people <laughs> I'd, I'd say as well with him as well where i read the book 100 percent bang on like the, yeah. exactly like the page to screen a lot of it was like that really apart from some major bits but you know fucking hell it was it's a harrowing story if you think about it but it, it really, really is really effective really really like and if you haven't read the book uh it's interesting jordy paul has you read the book before you yeah, went you got us it. Yeah. You got oh us yeah it. of course yeah, i got you and paul. yeah i've got yeah. both of you didn't i see i'm kind of i'd love to know someone's opinion of it without reading the book because it's a pretty you think what the fuck is going on here what is this about because it's a really interesting story yeah but just keep you guessing, like, you, you, you sort of, you know, that whole premise of, like, you know, trying to save the world, and it's like, are you just crazy people? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it does, it does, like, without reading the book, you just, you, you don't really know what's going on, it doesn't really give much away. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 really, really, really well done, and a good return to form from a director that can Butch, smash you love you, you loved this book, didn't you, Butch? <laughs> uh, yeah, when I threw it out of the fuck, when it ended, I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, I did not enjoy it. That was new, new Year 2023, wasn't it? I watched, I read it there and I fucking threw it over the sofa. I was annoyed. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, there we go. So, we are nearly halfway there. We are at number six. And this one for us is Hal House LLC Origins, The Carmichael Manor. I mean, it's a recent watch for all of us. We haven't reviewed this one. We spoke about it on the podcast, but we haven't reviewed it. Um, but it brought it back. I mean, the first one absolutely shit me up. And this one brought back some scary me- memories for me. And it really, really affected me uh, watching this one. Just because I think these are the sort of films that really get to me. Where it's um, just creepy, ghosty, could actually really happen shit. Um, and the house that it's filmed in is absolutely brilliant. It just really, really fucking hammered it home for me. And I watched it and it was dark. And I think I was on my own, uh, like you, Butch. you got to explain to me a couple of things, which I don't know if I... Okay. Which I don't know if I actually missed. So, the the bloke, Patrick was his name, um, sort of with them. I can't remember that's the, the, the character, but... Yeah. <sighs> Did he go off and kill a load of people at a hotel? 
Well, he was he was in a, a kind of cult, wasn't he? Right. What before so, he came? So you've so you've seen. Have you, wait, hang on. Before you go into this, you've seen the first one and you've seen that one, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he. So essentially, the, you know the the creepy clowns. Yeah. He's one of the creepy clowns. So basically, he so every time was you see those creepy clowns, he's in it. He, yeah. He, that's why you see it kind of adjust its position and stay. Oh, it's fucking weird. Those yeah, clowns. so he's that. It's the ghost or demon of him. So I, I suppose you read it. You see the second one. So basically, Paul, the second one is it's all details around like the guy. The guy who owned the hotel was actually it was basically just a front for his like crazy cult of selling like to open the gates of hell essentially, right? Right. They, do, they do explain that in Carmichael Manor in 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 the whole thing that he basically made a pact and obviously to open the portal and a, and he basically is a ghost or a demon and gotcha. he was going to get his sister back because he because obviously his sister died in a car crash he thought he was responsible for it because he was driving the car so mm-hmm. he made this pact so yeah so he then become he puts this clown suit on as just basically to to kill people and then obviously he goes into hell because of that and then that's his sort of like manifestation of his demons no that that explains it that explains a lot it was just it was just very weird and very creepy and ghosts everywhere and yeah <laughs> i i for me i i did like obviously because i watched them very quickly in quick succession and it was a bit of like yeah number one was really really good number two was all right number three was shite and then number four sort of was like it did it brought it back to the to the original mm-hmm. um, and and somehow made it a bigger film as well with like them you know escaping the house and you think all right well what's going to happen now when they don't get very far until they have to turn creepy. back. But that bit is really freaky. It's a mm. bit Blair Witchy. Yeah. Yeah, I thought um, that. And uh, really good. But yeah, it was. I think just, again, I, what I did like about it, Matt, is that it's it builds you up for jump scares and doesn't deliver them yeah. a lot, which Tension. makes it more scary. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, not like you're waiting for a jump scare every ta- five seconds. It's not. It's just, you know. Like little balls rolling down the corridor and clowns yeah. moving i mean yeah fucking i would not be in that house with any clowns like that fuck that. that's that's you talk about standout scenes that scene where she's on the computer talking to that woman about the house oh, shit yeah and the yeah. camera oh my god <laughs> brilliant very very, very well good. Done. all right we're on what we're on halfway through now number yep. five unwelcome we saw it very early on. Yeah, I think this is one of the first ones we actually did. Um, mm. Starring oh, the amazing Hannah John Kamen and Douglas Booth as Mayor and Jamie. And it's the Irish sort of law uh, movie that we sort of uh, that watched. There's like murderous goblins in the wood, but they're not necessarily the worst thing in this movie. Um, there's some fucking great moments in this movie. There's some great kills. The family... Uh, in, which includes Holder, <laughs> Rapey um, Holder, fucking Rapey Holder. Uh, the, the family just fucking. I mean, I feel sorry for Paul every day, just thinking that he's about to build his house with the possibility of this happening all over again. Yeah, I hope you've got your like. <laughs> You're assuming that I'm not that actual family, aren't you? <laughs> I'm hoping you've got your offering of like liver every evening when the sun's going down. That's it. Yeah. When he's coming over, lads. <laughs> Just don't accept any deliveries from anyone named Whelan. Um, I mean, I've, I, I suppose that you know, it includes Jamie Lee Donald from 
uh, Donald from uh, uh, what's the, the Derry Girls and Carl um, Meany as well. Yeah, fuck it. It's a great cast, and it's there's the 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 sort of crescendo crescendo of it all. Um, I mean, it's got a hor- horrible, brutal sort of Eden Lake esque open opening scene. Um, but the rest of it with the goblins That's and stuff. That's fucking scary enough. Yeah, uh, the special effects in this are great, and the use of the the actual goblins in it, and the way that they go around just fucking cleaning house is fantastic. A lot of practical effects. Yeah, you know me, man. I'm I'm a sucker for Irish law. I mean, I went to Ireland. I went to the fucking Leprechaun Museum. For fuck's sake. Um, but I love all this shit. This is my fucking thing. And I thought it was fucking entertaining. It's so much fun just to see uh, just a bit of a batshit crazy that just ends crazy as well. And I really want to buy this when it comes out. I really want to buy it. Yeah, the end is mental in that hover. (laughs) Milking time. (laughs) I I fucking hope there's another one. I really do. Yeah, there we go. Number five. Okay, so that brings us to the top four so in at number four we had a bit of debate moved some stuff around and couldn't you know but ultimately it's landed at number four which isn't disrespectful at all but it is evil dead rise so obviously matt and paul are humongous fans of the evil dead franchise absolutely mental like they love it so won't have a bad word to say about it and am i right thinking that you actually really like the remake yeah yeah, I, Evil Dead. I preferred the the last one to be fair. Yeah, I love this one, but I preferred the last one to be well, fair. Well, the, the 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 remake is just fucking nasty. It's a nasty film. It's very nasty. Yeah, and it's just it's just not, But this one, um, I really really enjoyed it. I thought it was really stylish. I thought from the first scene and the credits, the way that came up out of the lake and stuff. That was brilliant. Oh, that opening fucking credits. Yeah, and and like you said, the actress who plays the the mother is just. I mean, like, I'm not having a go at her, but she she's pretty freaky without any of the uh, (laughs) transformation. So yeah, it's. uh, I thought it was great. It it did feel very Evil Dead, and with that modern sort of twist on it, and like you said, and the nods and stuff are fantastic. But there's some minging scenes and stuff that really make you cringe they've achieved greater to come to mind but also just like the whole um body manipulation of it all and 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 it was great and the use of the the book of the book of the dead and the necronomicon and it was just fantastic uh, i i really love this one i give this one fucking i look check letterbox 10 out of 10 this one got for me um i just thought the, like you said the setting was fantastic and i just liked it from start to finish I love the fact that it was just, again, I love a film where you just don't know who's going to die. I love it. Yeah. And then when they just start knobbing up, like killing all the kids off and you're just like, what the fuck? Like literally anyone's going to die in this film. Um, and I just thought it was, yeah, I just thought it was really, really, really well done. And it was like really, really scary. Um, yeah. And I've seen people who were really disappointed with it and give it a bit of shit, but I don't, I don't know where that comes from. Because I think it's a really, uh, really well made, really good film. Some fantastic one-liners in in there as well, like mummies with the maggots now and all that shit. And some <laughs> great little like memorable moments. And yeah, the effects. I mean, Feli Alvarez fucking knows how to do it, doesn't he? You know, yeah. it's very very it's very polished. Um, you know, and a lot of blood. Yeah, loved it. I thought it was brilliant. I mean, we we did it. We had the the company 
uh, that I worked for had a competition that was uh, put out for TikTok and we made literally an evil dead rise uh, TikTok and we won the competition, which was really cool. Very good, that. Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, But yeah, well deserved, I think, at at number number four. So in at number three, what, what can I say? Talk to me. Talk to me. Absolutely insane. Blew me away. You know, from A24, the Philippu brothers, the massive on YouTube, their first debut proper movie. Um, just so fresh, so new. Um, the design of the hand, uh, the way that we've seen a lot of kind of demon exorcism kind of like things is just like this just pushed the boundaries to a brand new level for me i just thought it's absolutely fucking brilliant the sound design was fucking brilliant the effects are out of this world it captivated captivated me the whole way through just it's yeah it was young fresh and bought bought in i think a new crowd for horror made fucking 95 million um from like a what i think it was an eight two million it was a very small budget wasn't it this one um i can uh, find out fucking two to five between two and five i think it fucking stomped it and i, I bet you'd some loads on residuals for <laughs> as well. so the, the budget was um four mil four million dollars for four million yeah. uh, that is that is a big a big lift and so they've got 92 92 million us dollars grossed worldwide so far christ and you know the marketability on this one is easy and they get it's got a sequel um which we will see i can't remember if it's next year or not uh this year um it was fantastic it, and she was great had a great lead and motivation for a, more which i'm sure we're there to make money and we'll see a couple of iterations like we're going to get smile too and stuff like that you know which one's going to do better i thought this is great those boys have got a big future um ahead of them and uh, you know and it's helps that they're from new zealand isn't it really <laughs> well, it's just an authentic film wasn't it they didn't again they had a simple idea and just did it really really well they didn't try and be too too sort of wanky with it and too like chuck so much at it. and i think the probably the studio probably left them alone a bit while doing it so yeah no it's, it was great which doesn't board well for the sequel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I mean, their next project is Street Fighter. So fucking hell, that's going to be insane. Well, that's their bread. <laughs> that's their bread and butter, wasn't it? From all the YouTube stuff. Um, no. But I, I just want one of those fucking hands. A24 sold them, but it was like an incense burner hand. I just want somebody to, the, to make me one. I fucking love it. Must be able to buy one on Etsy, man. There, there are some, but they're not great. But I want no. the proper one. I want somebody to make me one because I fucking want that on my shelf big time. Right, moving on to number two. What didn't make number one? When, when evil lurks. I mean, oh, talk about drab and and just it's our, our Argentinian, isn't it? This one comes from the same director who did uh, Terrified that we did like a year before. I mean, what do you talk about? A fucking goat scene <laughs> you, you know where it's just the the double hard goat who just says shoot me in the fucking head to the axe that's going in the head to a scene with a dog which is just gut-wrenchingly 
awful and just i don't know it, it, the, the the thing with this is the shock factor and the quick deaths and the kids stuff they do with children i think it just makes this so um out there um and the lead not being there's no epic lead he's kind of a dope um he doesn't do the right thing he's selfish kind of, he's kind of selfish um and yet we still kind of want him to do do it well um, and like the whole law behind it, I think is fantastic. But the special effects and the gore in this is just somewhere, something out there. I mean, the standout moment for me is just when she's walking along, munching on her kid, suddenly just see what, you know, she's supposed to be holding this poor kid. And it's, it's just drab and depressing, but also kind of like, um, you, you just want to will it on. And it's kind of a, it's not a zombie movie. It's far from that. It's like this end of the world demon thing. There's something bigger that's happening that, away from this small town that we don't really see, but something is out there. And that's what I kind of like. There's more to it, but it tells this quite ingrained story. And I love that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Matt. You. No, you go. You go. I was just going to say, the thing's already happened, hasn't it? And you're, yeah. you spend half the film trying to catch up and find out, and it never really 100% confirms, you know, Gives you enough to sort of make your own mind up, but oh my god, like yeah, just grim, absolutely grim, and like the dog saying, "Man, oh my god," just literally sets it up. You know it's coming, you know it's coming, but you in the back of your head thinking, "I, I sort of know it's coming," but no, they shouldn't, they can't do it, they can't do it. Fuck, they did it, and it's oh my god, it's it's incredible, incredible. I mean, it's it's a horrible film, but it's brilliant at the same time. So yeah, it's yeah, not one that we were gonna do. This one, I think, I don't know who watched it first. I think it was you, Paul. I think. Yeah, yeah. And it was just off the artwork on Shudder. I just thought, <laughs> oh, that looks really good. And then, wow, yeah. So sometimes when you take a punt on these things, it works. I mean, more often than not, it doesn't. But <laughs> <laughs> this was, this was just incredible. It was, and I, yeah, I, I, if if you're a fan of horror, I mean, like, there's a couple of films I've, I've watched in the past couple of years. One of them is The Sadness. And then When Evil Lurks, which has really like made me go, fuck me, that's brutal. And you know, you know, I've been film fans and horror fans. It's 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 brilliant. That and I'll add speak no evil to that as well. well yeah, well, oh god, speak no evil, man. Um, which everyone will get their experience when they do the American remake. But uh, it's yeah, uh, it's very very good and definitely well 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 deserves a the, the lofty position of number two. So that brings us to number one. The number one film we watched last year, and it's a prequel, or the second in a trilogy. Um, we obviously reviewed the first one uh, last year, a couple of years ago. Two years yep. ago now, yeah? X, yeah. X, and uh, it is, um, from Ty West, it is Pearl. And If I, Mia Goff does not get, like, some kind of... Oscar nod. I don't know. There's something wrong with the world. This, it won't, this, it won't I, get an Oscar nod. I know, but this has one of the. She is. It's. <clears throat> she is one of the best monologues in a movie that I've seen in so long. And she encapsulates. monologue that should fucking be in the movie. She's fucking unbelievable. Absolutely. It's incredible. such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful film. And I mean that from the way it's shot, the way it's acted, the way it's paced. It's just incredible. And the fact that 
it's a guy who not a ton of money's been spent on it, and it's a sequel to a film, you know, like a, a slasher film that no one really sort of like saw coming. And the fact that they made it just because they were in lockdown, essentially, and they could. Uh, it's incredible, guys. I just, I honestly, I, I watched it and I thought, I this is just blowing my mind. Um, and forget about all the stuff it has to do with X. It just was it, as a standalone film. Like, I recommend it to everybody who comes in the shop. <laughs> like, want to watch a film? Just watch this. It's great. Um, so, I just love it. She just encapsulates the madness of this character, Pearl. Somebody who just simply, and it's a simple story, who just wants to get away from her a simple life and and go and sing and dance and and act and then you know realizing that her dream absolutely gets stomped on in the worst way um it's just devastating and the technicolor wizard of oz sort of palette to it yeah, i was gonna say that wizard of oz fucking brilliant but the parallel, yes, to a parallel is such a family classic as The Wizard of Oz. And it, you can just see it. It's like the way it's shot, like I said, when she's happy, all the sunshine. And when she's sad, it's a great tone. It's unbelievable. It's so well done. And the fact and the fact that it's, it's completely different to X as well. Because I, I, I was kind of thinking, oh, what, what's going to happen? And, and it's, it's completely and utterly worlds apart from X, but in the same storyline. But it all makes sense. That's what I, I, it just all slots in so perfectly. That's why I'm so excited to see Maxine when it comes out. Just, yeah, and it's like this whole X thing was a, like a, almost like a Texas chainsaw route. And this Pearl was just like something completely and utterly de- de- you know, devoid of that. And then we're going to get alone. some. It's a standalone. Yeah. Yeah, it's completely unique. And then next, we might get something that sounds like it's going to be a nod to Dario Argento, which is not what I expected at all, considering it looks very, the, the 80s of it all was just, and and the poster says, like, Turbo Kid to me. <laughs> but, I think it's just going to be pure excess, the next one. I think, yeah. like, like you said. Is, he, has, he has to push the boundaries, doesn't he? It has, to be, it has to be completely different to the other two. It has to be. He's just so loyal to the era. Like that's like we saw in House of the Devil. He's just so it's just stunning. So mm. so, I, I'm really excited by this. I think this project is fantastic and is going to finish this now. And uh, it'd be so interesting to see what he moves on to next. I, I love his career so far. Yeah, I, you guys need to go back and watch some of his other movies, like Sacrament, because Sacra- Sacrament is fucking brilliant. It's like, if you haven't seen it, you should go and watch it. Okay, I will. Um, that, but like, yeah, I, I love that. Like you were saying about the the Ben standalone and, and also part of the the trilogy at the same time. I just love the fact that just by the end of it, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really set. It, it's not like it takes you to the doors of X either. It gives like it almost like goes right. Well, you know what's going to happen. I don't need to spoon feed or anything. So you can imagine what happened in the space. So it almost like lets the two sort of films breathe with each other, which is I don't know. Maybe getting a bit too film snobby about it, but um, yeah, I love it and like. I still get uncomfortable, and I'm uncomfortable thinking about it now. That fucking stare she does at the end that goes the entire end credits without blinking. Again, completely improvised. That wasn't meant to happen. She wasn't meant to hold it that long. My God, it's It's incredible. How can someone do that for so long? It must have fucking killed her face. (laughs) The thing is, it's like I know we keep banging on about her as an actor, but there's just something about her that is just, I don't know, weird. 
it's just like it's, it's I don't I can't put my finger on it. It's just like there's something special about her. Just Do you know what I like? The the whole look. Huh? You know, this is gonna sound weird, so please bear with us. Do you know Pennywise? And you yeah. know, like the character, obviously Pennywise the clown. There's something about them. They're a bit like yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, they're, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And there's something, and she does. I'm not saying she is a person, but she's just the way she acts in these movies. And it's the same. She did it in Infinity Pool as well. It's like you play the straightest character, but there's something wrong with you. There's something unhinged, not right. Unhinged. Yeah. Whether it's behind your eyes or it's just the way she pulls a face, or there's just something that is just there. And yeah, oh no, I, I like I said, I, I I remember. I think I said to you guys, if if I see a better film than that this year, then I'll be amazed. Um, and yeah, Godzilla. It. <laughs> well, I haven't seen Godzilla, but uh, it's uh, not it's not better than that. Pearl, Pearl yeah, so uh, so happy. Yeah, number one by a fucking country mile really really was it just stands alone and uh yeah that is uh drawing last breaths top 10 of 2023 enjoy <laughs> any honorable mentions guys manfish <laughs> good boy good Man boy fish. Totally I, really, I really liked boogeyman 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 yeah and obviously salt burn should be number one but you know hey I liked, I really liked it lives inside, you know, sort of that whole Indian law of it all. I thought that was fucking, again, new, unique and fantastic. And the and the creature in it was just fucking terrifying, I thought. Guys, will you just go and watch Skinnamarink for me, please? Just so I can talk to you about it. I can't talk to anybody about it. Nobody else has friggin' seen it. Well, yeah, all right. I'll try it. I'll, I'll, maybe. <laughs> I will try and struggle my. I will go. I will try. I'll try. Well, thanks. That's all I can ask for, Paul. But yeah, watch no, a lot. I, I think I've got room for it. I think I can fit in. So there we go. Um, next episode, we will bring a whole host of uh, Draw and Last Breath Horror Awards for 2023 as well with us. So I look forward to that. And you'll be doing your big preview of 2024. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's move on to this week's movie from The Vault. On this picturesque block, in this manicured home, something evil, something terrifying, something horrifying is haunting life. His mother. I thought I told you to spray this house. The place is infested with vermin. Although she was a little strict. Look at this dust. It's an inch thick. He never wished her any harm. You look after me. Until. <laughs> Your mother's dead, Lionel. Now, whatever mom's got. Who's your mother? Has caught on with the neighbors. You can pray. I kick ass for the Lord. You can plead. You can beg for mercy. But nothing you can do will stop. Because how do you kill something that's already dead?
Trimark Pictures presents a modern masterpiece of horror. Your mother ain't my dog! Dead Alive. Party's over. Oh, yeah, my pick. First movie from the vault for 2024. We are doing Brain Dead, 1992, Peter Jackson. A uh, little synopsis for you. A young man's mother is bitten by a Sumatran rat monkey. She gets sick and dies, at which time she comes back to life, killing and eating dogs, nurses, friends and neighbours. Fucking chaos. Blood ensues. Oh, my fucking word. So, Mr. Stevens, I understand this was your first experience of watching Brain Brain Dead or Dead Alive, depending on what, where you come from. What what made you think you'd watched this before? Um, so I Shoot. I just I wanted to ask you guys a question because I, we had a little video shop around the corner from us, and uh, a couple of my friends uh, used to get them rented. rented so, and I'm, I was a hundred percent sure that we watched both Bad Taste and Brain Dead, right? So can I just ask you a question about Bad Taste? Because now I'm completely down with myself and I'm wondering what I, I watched. In Bad Taste, is there a bit where there's like a retractable lawn? Yeah. There is. Okay, so yeah. I've seen Bad Taste. Is it, does it open with some guy on a beach and he gets his head shot off? Yeah, and he yeah. puts a seagull's brain in his own head. That's it. So I've seen Bad Taste, right? Now, I thought I'd seen Brain Dead because it was sort of along the same lines, but it must have just been swept up in the whole thing because I'm very, very quick You know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like very quickly realised I haven't seen this, and fucking hell. <laughs> little, little known director. Yeah. I mean, I spent the entire film, guys. I'm not gonna lie, going, how the fuck <laughs> do you go from this <laughs> to Lord of the Rings? I generally did. I was like, I, uh, I don't understand what happened to Paul. I did there. the. When I heard that he was directing Lord of the Rings, because I knew who he was and I know what he'd done, Meet the Feebles, Brain Dead, you know, Bad Taste, I was like, huh? I was like, what? Really? After this, he does Heavenly Creatures and the Frighteners. Which is absolutely brilliant. Heavenly Creatures is fucking fantastic. Frighteners, I think Michael J. Fox, a decent decent horror movie. And then from Frighteners to... Getting that, tr- I mean, no one thought that Lord of the Rings was going to do anything. Let's not, let's be honest. Even though he fucking had, he was going to do like all three movies at the same time, and everyone was like, well, "Who the fuck's going to do that?" That that's, that, that's, and maybe it's, maybe it's location, because he obviously it's set, it was set in New Zealand, and he just went, "I'll oh, fucking have a go at doing all three of them at the same time." I don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, what can I just say? What a fucking film. I mean, bonkers. (laughs) Absolutely fucking bonkers. But you want a a practical effect, do you? Do you want, which one do you want? I'll give you them all. I'll give you them all. And I'll give you them all 20 million times each. Okay, bye. Uh, Yeah, guys, fucking hell. How I've never seen this before, I had no idea. But it just went from fucking mental to mental to mental to mental. It was, yeah. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> that's it that's all i can say <laughs> all right matt oh mate i remember watching this 
way back when I was at school one on a VHS obviously from my mate uh, Stuart that used to show me all the horrors because I wasn't really allowed to um, and it, it's just dare I say I don't think I've seen another film match as much gore as this I mean it's just it's just another level absolute another level practical effects that just are just like mind-blowing absolutely mind-blowing how physically can you do so much in one film as i've forgotten how much i mean i've I've seen this probably what twice and this was probably my third watch of it and i just forgot how much gore was actually in it and i was like fuck me is it maybe there's a bit too much (laughs) (laughs) well i was thinking too much I never wrote anything down. And when I, I, I sort of watched it yesterday and then I woke up this morning, I thought, shit, I hope I forgot all the good bits because there's just, there's that many things to talk about. There's that many bits you could go, what about this bit? Oh, yeah. What about this bit? Yeah. And I, I wish I'd kind of seen it as a kid because I think I would just, I would have had that, like, literally that would have been all the playground talked about. <laughs> oh, my, my, just... my mind was blown when I watched this. I was just like, what the fuck? How could, how could anybody make such a movie? How? How? How does it get made and how does it get passed? Because it's fucking nuts. It's absolutely nuts. I thought, you know, I thought Braindead was like, I'm sorry, I thought Bad Taste was nuts. But this is just fucking absolutely nuts. I love Bad Taste, but I, this is the, yeah, I love my, my favourite out of the those two would be this one. Um, I just, I, But you're right, I watched it yesterday. Fuck me. This is a lot the pus is just fucking gross i mean it's, it's a lot a lot to take um i mean if we dive into the the story who hasn't anyone for anyone who hasn't seen this absolute beaut um i mean we get um a chap who basically has gone off into um pick up a monkey i mean there's some absolute wrong dialogue at the start um was that peter jackson what the guy with the oh i don't know the main archaeologist got the guy who gets his hand chopped off and didn't look like him i can't i think he i think he's the guy in the morgue right okay i think i'm not sure he could he could be numerous people I, it, he does yeah not turn up. <laughs> yeah but you know we get this monkey that comes back to uh you know new zealand zoo and um yeah it gets the the virus gets unleashed and it's just a fucking poor Lionel and uh, Parkita um, who are just trying to have a little nice little romance. I can't get away from their mum, uh, his mum. And it's just like Lionel basically trying to keep things um, cushy, just kind of he's trying to keep things under control in any way that he can. Um, and it, it doesn't happen. We, we it, This is like an absolute hot mess of um, slapstick, um, real physical humour and the most unbelievable special effects you, that you've seen from any zombie movie. I just, it's just, it's incredible. I mean, you're right with the hot mess of a film, Paul. I mean, it was, it, it, you know, I was watching at the start and I was like, oh, come on, you, you, it was that daft at the start. I was thinking, this is going to have to get good. Because I was just thinking, teenagers to get on with it. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. The soundtrack did my head in a bit. 
the, the constant score was like, oh, guys, like, can you just knock the music on the end for a while? But then when it kicked into gear, it just didn't stop at all. When As soon as the fucking stop animation rat monkey appeared, which I can't quite know why the zoo's got it. <laughs> like, why, why would you have that in the zoo? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some sequences to talk about, like the the... <laughs> the the rat monkey knocking out a spider monkey was just hilarious and then to going on to rip it the poor bugger's bloody arm off uh it's just the humor's just in it is fantastic um bites bites the mum and then the mum goes on to absolutely i mean the wrong stop the shit out of it the rom is so wrong <laughs> oh bloody hell um there's some absolutely horrible scenes to sort of try and manage your way through it. I mean, the the dinner scene with the custard and all that. He's fucking hell. You never see him though. You never see him turn into a zombie. He I don't think it's that sort of thing though. I don't think it is to do with if you ingest their blood. I think it's to do with if they bite you. Right. Okay. I was thinking that today because I thought exactly the same thing. Like, why isn't he? I vaguely remember him changing because he ate the fucking pus and blood. But that, that is fucking gross. Not only that, it's the ear bit. That oh, yeah. It's just chilling on her ear. <laughs> the the, the mum, just in every single scene, even before she changes, just, oh, she's just horrible. She's just really just, ah, oh, she's There's gross. some really horrible characters, <laughs> and the mum's one of them. Obviously, Uncle Les is another one um but uh yeah <laughs> her demise and his continued sort of physical humor with the bodies and stuff like that that he's sort of getting away with um old uh lionel uh timothy barmy who plays him it's like fucking something like a benny hill man like <laughs> and even that towards the i mean the fucking i forgot about the um bruce the, lee the fight priest bruce lee the bruce lee unbelievable lads i'm telling you that uh, it was my favorite bit of the film that what? sequence was just fucking incredible. What does he? What's the one liner he says? Um, oh, I love that one liner. The devil's with us tonight, or something. No, it does say that, but he says something like, "I'm, I'm with the Lord Jesus." This calls for divine inter. This calls for divine intervention is one of the things he says. <laughs> there's one where he's like, "I'm, I'm fighting for the Lord Jesus," or something like. Yeah. There's a one liner that's brilliant. I can't remember it. It's really annoying. It's fucking brilliant. The the. the but, I don't know why, but the priest always reminded me as well. I don't know why of the guy from Father Ted. Yeah, yeah Father yeah. Ted, hundred percent. Ted, just the great hair. Ass kicking, <laughs> Father Ted, but he he really does try. He almost he almost wins. He does so well. Bless him. Yeah. Um, I, I love how he dies. Though it's so funny when the head just pops. He kicks the head off and it's like yeah, and then it flies through and just lands on him. <laughs> <laughs> I love that bit. Yeah, but obviously he just simply just says, "I kick ass for the Lord." I kick ass, but it's delivered so well. Yeah, and he's he's then got this like calamity of events where he's got, um, you know, his mum's dead, the nurse, the poor nurse is dead, um, and the he's got the he brings back the punk as well. From oh, the lads, the line that's my mother you're pissing on. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I think my for me my favourite scene is the um is after they've done they've done their bit at the table and suddenly she's pregnant and uh, <laughs> she gives birth to the baby. My that scene with the baby is so inappropriately 
done but because it's it's the, because it's the physical scene the comedy is so out there you can get away with it but he's just there twatting the baby. I mean, no one in the park gives a shit, but he's twatting <laughs> the baby, like, left, right, and centre. That bit makes no fucking sense. It's literally just a comedy sketch. He must have just thought, you know what? Just pick it up and chuck it around for a bit, and I will just stick it in. Because it's like, it, why has he took it out? Hits it with the bloody swing. It <laughs> goes off left. And he's just punching it, like, constantly. But he's great. He's great at that sort of physical comedy. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love the bits where the baby's running away and it's playing the air little kid in a suit. <laughs> yeah, every now and then it's like a little person in a suit in it or something, and then suddenly it's back to being a, a garbage like, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Why the yeah. fuck would you take it out of the house though? That's the daft thing. Oh, this like is the have... thing I couldn't understand when I was a kid. When I watched it as a kid, I was like, "Why?" I couldn't. Like, obviously now I understand, but I couldn't get my head around why he was keeping them all. I was like, why is he keeping the why 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 is he, he breaks doing... down for Parkita, doesn't he? And he's like, I just don't know what to do. He just hasn't got a clue. It just gets too much because he's got like five of them down there. But that's the <laughs> that's one of the things with the film, and that's what makes it so fucking mental. Is that it's got this theme through it of like almost like psycho esque, where the boy's being controlled by his mother, and there's some real dark shit gone on, and there's like this theme of real control and power. But it's just so slapstick, and it's just like I, I exactly you, you, it never really sort of bothers with that. It just so sort of keeps yeah. it in the background, but it just keeps just chucking set piece after set piece at you, and you're like, what the fuck? What is next? It's I mean, a million, it goes a million miles an hour, and it like it even amps up even more with the with the party scene, like Uncle Les being a right prick and rapey piece of shit sort of ne- Neanderthal of a man. That scene um when it all goes to hell is just so long it's so fucking bonkers and like there's so many different um bits that like you, you almost have to kind of like you said it's like you want to remember every single like um you never will dismemberment and so you can't I, I you can't write down i mean i <laughs> i wrote i had to go right okay which ones are my fucking favorite and i like the bit where like the the, the punk i love the punk the punk comes through <laughs> will not die he punches, just will not die he punches the girl through the like through the back of the head through the through the chest through his mouth and that was great the light bulb the light the bulb was very uh, impressive was fantastic. the baby um, coming out of the head that <laughs> genius was it vera i can't remember her name but i think it's vera <laughs> But she's just, she's been bitten. We think that she's turning, but nope. The baby just comes in and treats her like a puppet. <laughs> Ark. Can the we, uh, punk, can we... The punk's insides. Yeah, the farty sphincter monster. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, the the guy who gets pulled through the, the um, dumb, uh, you know, the, the food oh, hatch. Yeah. And his legs. With his legs. With his skin, skin and legs, legs. And his boots on. <laughs> But it's chaos. There's just stuff going on. Like Les is fighting like, like him off left, right, and centre. The kind light of bulb up... kill. The light bulb kills fucking crazy. Yeah, the light bulb kills brilliant. And you think that all that is fantastic. All that is brilliant. And then you get a fucking lawnmower. Yeah. Where the guy that gets his head sliced to, to his teeth, and he's just like, oh the yeah, floor. his head just keeps getting kicked backwards and forwards until she puts it in the blender. <laughs> I just, I don't know how they did it. All. I just. I, I cannot, but it must have took fucking weeks and weeks and hey, weeks. That's why 
he is the director that can do free fucking. Well, that's, that's Weta Workshop, though, isn't it? That's where Weta. That that is Weta, isn't it? That's yeah, what I mean, did. well, when he did bad, when he, when he did bad taste, he was like making molds for the aliens' heads in his mum's fucking oven and shit, you know. Um, but yeah, this I think it just carried on and, and started to really get legs. I'm amazed. I'm amazed he's never gone back and done something again like this. With the budget he must have now. He's concentrating on the Beatles now, isn't he? Uh, (laughs) He loves the Beatles. Yeah. He does love the Beatles. He's done King Kong and then, I suppose. But no, I'm just... Just just because watching it going, fuck, he's so good at this. Mm. Why haven't you done anything since about it? Um. Just go back to your roots and give us an absolutely whacked out story. Surely he's got something that he's written that he's like, yeah, I'll just go back and do Bad Taste 2 or something. But I hope he's kept his enthusiasm because they blatantly just sat around the table and just all went, right, I've got an idea. Right, that one's in. Matt, you got an idea? Paul, you got an idea? (laughs) Yeah, they're all in. Uh, What, you want to pull his head off? Yeah, do that. What, you want to have his little skinny legs with his boots on? Yeah, yeah, keep that one in. (laughs) By the end of it, it's like... Put them all in. <laughs> I mean, where do I mean, yeah, where do all these crazy ideas come from? That's what I want to know. It's just like, yeah, they must have just sat around the table and just gone, yeah, let's do that. Yep, do that one, do that. It's just, uh, I just can't imagine how long it took. Uh, Fucking hell. Terrifying, man. Like, in terms of makeup and special effects, is the only thing I can, I mean, I know there's some good ones out there, but. He, he, it's Tell just... me one thing that matches the gore of this film. Is there anything out there? Boy, boy eats girl. Boy eats girl. The combine harvester. Not near. It's not near enough. It's just like not with the amount of different effects as well. It's just, I just I can't see anything that is this gory slash special effects. It's just like dare I say too much. The closest I was thinking was Terrifier with like the 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 girl in the bedroom. But that that's but, a one scene taken. But that's like you said, it's yeah. one it's one element of it. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just the 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 lawnmower thing. You just it just goes on and on and on and and you think oh, I've got to stop. No, it keeps going on <laughs> and on. It's just like when is it going to fucking stop? And then he's done. Then we're all done. He's like woo, but he's still got to deal with. The stay puffed marshmallow mother that comes out of the basement. Really reminded me of the witches. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can see why. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Again, an... for no apparent reason, for a film called Brain Dead, right? She became this massive monster and had rational thought again. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's come, mother, come right? back to mummy. It's fucking so fucking sick, man. And her stomach opens up, so he's, yeah. he's like. Going back in her stomach. It's just like, not not to mention this crazy fucking kind of reason behind it that he's got this amulet that's supposed to be fucking special. Yeah. <laughs> but also, also, right? We forget like Uncle Les's demise. Some of the like his when it, his spine comes out and it that physic that thing <laughs> reminded me of the thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love the way she just grabs his spine and just smashes his head, obliterates his head on the side. But <laughs> for a point, you think he's going to survive. I can't remember. I was like, he doesn't definitely doesn't survive. But for a while, he's 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 doing he's doing all right. I mean, the I'm baby's a to... little twat, like. 
I'm trying to find somebody. I'm trying to find somebody in the in the in the crew to kind of like pick out, right? At like, I don't know who it, it would be. You know, like a special effects guy. But they've got like a load of people basically special effects by. But they're all like, I suppose Steve Ingram is in there, special effects coordinator. But then there's loads of tech. So I guess he would be the guy who's coordinating it all. And then he's known for Lord of the Rings. And yeah. the bat, so he's he went on to sort of be they're there probably, for. They're probably all wet, aren't they? Yeah, he's got a big. Um, he's got Avatar: The Way of Water. He's got X. Oh, he was he was in X, the Meg, special effects supervisor. He's so he's gone on to do a lot. Well, Wetter Ma- are like Pixar for special effects now, and mm, that's basically right. there. But Peter Jackson sold them, didn't he? He sold the company for billions. <laughs> Bloody hell! What a movie! Bloody hell! That's <laughs> <laughs> just incredible, guys. I mean, like, I, I yeah, I, I was lost for words. Awesome. Lost for words. Matt, you got any Matt's facts? Fucking hell, boy! You ready for this? <laughs> oh, sorry, in the wrong picture. Right, there we go. I did like before you start, Matt. Again, the bit where he's running on the blood and he's slipping and he can't get away. <laughs> that lasted about two minutes. <laughs> Oh yeah. Are you ready for some Matt's facts? Hell yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was just transfixed Fuck by the You guys gotta wake up. I wanna hear it better. Are you ready for some Matt's facts? Yeehaw, motherfucker! That's more like it. So the BBFC loved the film and found the gore so comical and inoffensive that they seriously considered giving it a fifteen certificate. In the end, they determined that the sheer quantity of gore would confound expectations at 15 and therefore rated it an 18. <laughs> I'm going to confess to you that um, I was watching this with Isabel in the room. What? Um, for the first 25 minutes. So she got to see a hand, the hand being lopped off. And then I asked her to leave. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 300 litres of fake blood was used for the final scene of the film alone. Yeah. Crazy. So the movie was finished under budget with this is 45,000 New Zealand dollars remaining. Yeah. So Sir Peter Jackson, Sir Peter Jackson, used it to spend two days shooting the park scene with Lionel and the baby. <laughs> As he, and he's gone to say that that's his favourite scene. So that's obviously <laughs> why it's just hoofed in there because they're like, fuck, we've got loads of money left. What are we going to do? <laughs> That's Which is, I just find fucking absolutely hilarious. Peter Jackson is well-known uh, uh, aficionado of the original 1933 version of King Kong. In the beginning of Brain Deads, the New Zealand Zoo official is stealing the rat monkey from Skull Island. That's Jackson's nod to Skull Island's more famous resident, King Kong. Jackson will return to Skull Island for his 2005 remake of King Kong. How crazy is that? I enjoy King Kong. I thought it was I right. enjoy King Kong as well, to be honest. This is pretty crazy, though. In The Adventures of Tintin, The Secret of the Unicorn, when Tintin meets Captain Haddock, Haddock calls Snowy the giant rat of Sumatra. <laughs> A nod to his brain dead, a.k.a. dead alive, Jackson produced The Adventures of Tintin, obviously. It's probably the best was... bit of that film, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um... Famed gorehound Eli Roth once said Braindead was one of, one of, if not the only film that actually quenched his blood lust. 
and also the kill count on this movie now there's a lot of different like i found one person said 152 which i think is a bit way off if i'm honest but a bit more grounded version 72 kills that sounds ish i mean there's a lot of people at that party i think that's one of the highest kill counts that we've had i'm sure a few people die a few times though (laughs) yeah (laughs) from different camera angles yeah Yeah. it was fucking i mean they're very clever they must have done loads of that they must have like done so many camera angles and you know different things and and reused products they had to they had to but yeah fantastic all around loved it well lads i'll be interested to see what you rate this one after that discussion so first time a pool what are you going for uh, well, do you know what, right? I was actually going to give it a nine because uh, the score actually did piss me off. I was like, <laughs> would you just stop with the music, please? Jesus Christ. But I'm kind of thinking they did it because to drown out, they didn't have the money to drown out all the rest of the sound, if that makes sense. Because it just it was just like, oh, but actually talking about it, fuck it, it's a ten in it. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, I, I agree. It's got to be, it can't be any better. I mean, it's the fucking... You know, I mean, what, 1992 was this? 1992. So, I just, no one's beaten it since, like, for for that much gore. Practical effects in its best. And it's like, in 1992, fucking, yeah, the storyline's fucking crazy. But it pushed boundaries and it's fucking mad. Yeah, when we talk about the 90s and we talk about how kind of underwhelming some of the horror movies were, then you've got this. You're like, actually, fuck me. (laughs) And this was relatively underground, remember? Yeah, I was 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 going to say, this wasn't a movie, was it? No way. It was a a video. It was a video rental. That's how you saw this. You didn't go to the cinema to see it. No way. No way. Fucking A, man. But it's getting a 4K re-release. He's doing them, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, after that. I'll it's got some extras that I just want to see the extras. Yeah. I just want to see Bracket. some of behind the scenes shit, man. I'd love to see the round table discussion of all the special I, effects. I bet you it is just like, yeah, I put just, that in. I just love Peter Jackson <laughs> on the podcast, mate, just to like ask him loads of questions about all Get onto it. I'll try. I'll give it a try. You never know. You might have a little bit of downtime. <laughs> Doubt it, though. <laughs> watching too much Beatles. <laughs> then he draw through like fucking like 12 days of just Beatles. I mean, that's your T-shirt sorted for next year then, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Started off strong then. I had a lot of wheat. I had a a lot of chuff last year in my pick, so I had to to kick it off strong. Yeah, you did. So, there we go. But, okay, well, it's your pick now, Matt. So, what can you uh, put on the table? Well, it's a film that I've... um purchased and it's been sat on my shelf in the cellophane for a long time and i've always wanted to give it a whirl because you know we're going back to um the 80s and we're going to 1986 and we're watching a movie called vamp Vamp. camp as anything i'm taking a punt looks good let's do it i remember it from grace jones in it yeah i'm scared already She's never scared. Seen it. <laughs> i think it'd be i think it's on the arrow oh wow well, never seen it. all right man that's but i want to see it that's the only reason get a little 80s shit, but... 
Well, happy new year to all you breathers. Thanks very much for listening to this episode. Um, if you've got any, uh, you know, comments, ideas, anything you want to see from us in 2024, drop us a line. Let us know if you want to come on and be one of our guests and join us for an episode. Let us know. We had some great ones last year. <laughs> but if anyone comes on and picks something shite, like, I mean, something amazing, like uh, Cannibal Women from the Avocado Jungle of Death. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to get Carl back on to redeem himself this year. He won't we know we know his sense of humor now let's be honest <laughs> um but yeah so moving on to um episode 147 we will be reviewing night swim um the some scream about we'll be doing the something uh, drawing last breath horror awards and matt has just pulled smack bang in the 80s starring grace jones vamp and there's only one more thing to say when there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at Draw One Last, Instagram at Draw One Last Breath, or pop us an email at Draw One Last Breath Pod at Hotmail.com.